0: you're a long-term listener to the show, then you'll know that I place a huge amount of value on inspecting my HMOs. I think it's one of the most important ways to safeguard your asset. I've been inspecting my properties on average every quarter since 2010. Now, of course, I get my staff to help do that. But this month... I've decided to make a change. This month, I've decided that we're going to start inspecting my portfolio every single month. It's quite a dramatic change. It's quite a dramatic way that we're going to change the management process in my business. But if you want to find out why that is, why I've decided to make this change, then don't go anywhere, because that is exactly what I'm going to be discussing in today's episode of the HMO Podcast. (laughs) Hey guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the roadmap, you'll find a full 60-lesson course delivered by me teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. We've also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets, and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from and we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. Welcome back to the podcast guys. So, today we're going to talk about why I've made this dramatic decision to change the way that we're going to be inspecting my properties. Previously, since 2010, we've done it every single quarter, but now I've decided that we're going to be doing it every single month. Now, as you can imagine, this didn't go down particularly well with my staff. It's predominantly my staff who manage my properties. I'm more and more removed from the process. But actually, I've come to realise that that hasn't necessarily been a good thing because this month I rolled my sleeves up and I've been getting stuck into some of the inspections. Now, there's a reason for that. I felt an inkling to go and check on the portfolio just to make sure things were as they should be. And unfortunately, I was disappointed for a few reasons. Now, it's not anything that my staff have or haven't done, In fact, I'm going to take the blame for this. I've given my tenants too much scope. I've placed too much responsibility on our tradesmen who've been doing various maintenance items. I want to take back control of my portfolio and I want to make sure that I continue to safeguard my assets well into the future. Last year, a lot of our properties took a lot of heavy wear and tear because, of course, a lot of our tenants weren't spending time outside. They were doing more and more stuff inside. And that's understandable. But at the same time, we were paying less attention to what was going on in our properties. We weren't able to inspect as much or as thoroughly. And I found that a few things have slipped. And the general standard isn't quite where I would like my portfolio to be. It's not the case for every single property. Of course, some properties have been worse than others and some have been much better than others. But I feel like this is a necessity at the moment. And I actually think that moving forwards, this could be a much better way to manage my portfolio. And while this might take a little bit more work in the short term, I think that this could reduce the amount of work that we have to do over the long term. So let me explain. I hate to burst your bubble, but the Instagrammable photos of our incredible properties, newly refurbed, polished, looking absolutely dapper, only exist forever on Instagram. Unfortunately, as soon as our tenants move in, they are no longer new. They get worn. And depending on the type of tenant and the type of property, the number of tenants and a number of other variables, some of which we can and can't control, your property is going to get worn. And it won't look like that forever. So first and foremost, you've got to accept that that is going to happen. You will be disappointed when you go into your houses to see that tenants are actually living there and using it and wearing it down. But that's fine. That's part of the game. We've got to accept it. We've got to understand it. And we've got to find solutions to both mitigating it and managing it and planning for the future. So this decision I've made to start inspecting our properties monthly isn't just because I went in recently and found that some of our properties didn't look as good as I'd hoped because they were recently refurbished. In fact, we're well beyond the refurbs. We're years beyond in some cases in some of the properties. So I expect, I anticipate that there's going to be a degree of wear and tear and that it isn't going to look anything like the photos that we have on Instagram of the property. But that's not it. After inspecting a number of my properties over the last week or two, I found five things that really made me reconsider our inspection process and ultimately decide to start inspecting every single month. The first one of these was that the process of general wear and tear seems to have really accelerated in the last 18 months, two years. I think that that is a direct consequence of people spending more time in their properties and us not spending as much time in those properties. We've left people to their own devices a little bit too much. And the process of wear and tear has accelerated because if you don't keep on top of it, it can become exponentially worse. So as a very quick example, we found that a lot of our tenants have obviously been in the properties a lot more over the last couple of years, and they've been absolutely hammering their carpets up and down the stairs with shoes on. And in some cases, they've damaged the carpets. You know, the thread's gone a little bit, and that thread that's gone has suddenly got exponentially worse. And then it's come away from the door plate, and all of a sudden, the carpet really needs replacing in that room. And when that's happening in multiple places, you know, you've really got to ask yourself, okay, why is this happening? What am I, what am I missing? And I think that this is the reason more people spending more time in our properties and it's really catalyzed the process, you know, just marks down the walls as people come flying down the stairs. It's just the real, very real wear and tear that happens, but it's happened faster. And the truth is, because we then don't keep on top of it as well as we should, tenants give less of a shit, they think that we don't care, so they don't care as much, and you just end up in this vicious circle where the process of wear and tear starts to speed up. The second reason is that the general standard of tidiness across the houses has dropped. People have obviously become very accustomed to spending a lot more time at home Obviously, that is a little bit more difficult to upkeep. But things like bathrooms, carpets, and floors, and not hoovering, keeping the kitchens clean, and tidying out cupboards and sweeping floors. You know, people we're finding just as a, as a general average, and it's not everybody, but we're finding that people are just less conscious of it, and the general standard that they're prepared to accept of cleanliness has dropped. And that's a problem because, of course, when we come to do viewings, it's an issue. There are more serious issues like verming and pest. And like back to the previous point, you know, if you get mould in the bathrooms and things like that and tenants don't make any effort to wipe it up, it gets exponentially worse and you get black spot mould and so on and so forth. You know you know how it is, but the tenants seem to be settling for a slightly lower standard of, of cleanliness and tidiness. And that's a problem and it's quite a concern for me. So we need to get back on top of it. The third reason is that a lot of the maintenance stuff that we've had done across the portfolio, and I've got a large portfolio and that's a lot of maintenance, there's stuff happening every single day. And it's more than I can keep on top of myself. I rely on my staff to do that. But we also rely on our tradesmen and contractors to report back accurately, to make sure that they do things that we actually get charged and and then pay for. And really, in many cases, we should be going in and inspecting this work more closely. And we haven't been doing that. We haven't been doing it as well as we should have done. So when we've gone back and inspected some things over the last couple of weeks, and I've gone in for the first time in a little while, and I've flagged this and that, actually it turns out a lot of stuff had been raised as maintenance issues. Tenants had mentioned it. We had sent contractors in. We had paid people for it. But in some cases it hadn't been done. In some cases it had clearly failed and recurred. And if you combine that with the tenant's attitudes to accept a slightly lower standard of cleanliness and maybe not quite caring quite so much about the house that they're living in, they haven't flagged it back to us. And things like slow bathroom leaks have got worse and caused substantially more damage than they should have done. And we're now going to pay the price. We've got to go in, we're going to have to do more work, But really it comes back on us and the solution here is to inspect more regularly, make sure that we're really looking at those maintenance items that we've sent people around to address and make sure that they've actually done them properly and that they've actually worked. The fourth one here is the tenant relationships, the relationships that we have with our tenants. Now, I have too many tenants to know them all by name and know them individually, but to be fair, my staff do generally know the tenants quite well. But because we've been less involved, because they've been reporting stuff less, because we have been less present in their properties, they don't know us quite so well and we don't know them quite so well. So, one of the properties of the day, I was literally at the front door, had the front door open and I was testing the fire panel, which is just inside the front door. As I was just finishing a test, a lady walked behind me and into the property and I only sort of caught her in the corner of my eye. And as I turned around over my other shoulder to sort of just say hello, This lady turned back to me. I realised that this was a lady that was quite possibly in her eighties, which immediately I thought was quite strange. She, this lady, didn't address me. She walked straight in the the door and was about to march up the stairs, and I sort of said, "Oh, hi, who are you?" And this lady just said, "Who am I? Who are you?" And I sort of said, "Well, I'm Andy, the landlord. Who are you?" And she said, "Well, I'm here to see Harriet." And at that point, I realised. I had no idea who Harriet was and I honestly had no idea who this eight-year-old lady was. And the first thought that that crossed my mind was, oh shit, we've got an eight-year-old lady that somehow ended up living in our house. (laughs) Now, This all happened in a couple of seconds in my head as I had a conversation with Harriet's one of our tenants. She was living in the top floor room and uh, I'd been speaking to Harriet, you know, only five minutes before I'd been inspecting her room but it's just an example. I've I've realised I've really lost touch with some of my tenants and I think my staff feel that as well. And actually there's a huge value in keeping up appearances with your tenants. So that is something that we're going to be trying to actively do more of. And by inspecting every month, it's a good opportunity to just say hi to our tenants, to bump into them, to have those casual conversations and just to maintain those relationships. The fifth reason that I've decided to start inspecting monthly is because of some safety concerns I've got. I'm going to tell you a couple of true stories from my inspections last week. And if you're following me on socials, then then you may have seen them. But in one of the properties, I went down to the basement where we've got some dry facilities, washer and dryer, and it's all a bit of a mess there. You know, the stuff that I've already said in today's episode was, was evident and buried under a load of stuff, a load of clothes, looked completely inconspicuous. Was a bag, and in the bag were two five-liter tubs of paraffin. And this is literally a couple of meters away from the meters and tumble dryer and the washing machine, which we know, you know, as far as fire hazards go, you know, they're well up there. I was completely gobsmacked. I mean, who on earth leaves paraffin inside a house anyway? And it just kind of, it was just, it like it accidentally been left under a pile of washing. You know, I can't even explain it. Weirdly, immediately, obviously, I took that out, put that out the back of the house. And then the following day got a message from one of the tenants saying, whoever came and inspected the house has, you know, taken out my fire starting equipment, which I need for work. And I'm not going to ask any more questions. But so obviously something that someone was actively using, not even just forgotten about, but how weird... And actually, if we're not keeping on top of that stuff, you know, that, that's a clear example of a tenant who just is completely unaware as to this, how significant a hazard that storing 10 litres of paraffin near some appliances could be. Went to another room. This was up in the student houses and the bedroom, sandwiched between the mattress and the bed, like the bed, the slats. I could see the handle of what looked like a knife, but I didn't for for a second think it was actually a knife. I just thought it was a bit weird. So anyway, I was inspecting this room and obviously I you know, had a look at it and pulled it out. And lo and behold, it was a 12 inch knife. So obviously I removed it immediately and spoke to the tenant who wasn't in the house, called him and said, you know, what is this? Why is there a knife here in your bedroom under your mattress. And he went on to sort of say, well, you know, it's just a safety thing, you know, in case someone burgled the house or whatever. And I said, look, kid, absolutely no way. And you can't just leave a, a knife like that under your mattress. I mean, you're a student. I mean, what if you get drunk or what if you fall on it? So anyway, just completely bonkers. But this is the sort of stuff that happens and we need to keep on top of it and just, you know, reduce and remove those risks where we can. Another one that I saw in a number of properties was, was the fire routes. you know, just just blocked by things like recycling, bikes, luggage that people have brought back after the Christmas holidays and stuff like that. And it needs clearing. We need to keep reminding tenants that you can't do that. It's important that you don't do that. And obviously we've got obligations as part of our licence condition to make sure that fire escapes are kept clear and that tenants understand why that is a requirement. Fire doors propped open everywhere throughout the portfolio. Now, I'm that guy now who's got to take away door wedges and say, guys, Leave the fire doors alone, they're meant to shut. So all of this sort of stuff just, just left me a little bit concerning because obviously there were some really serious things there. And I think we've just got to get back on top of it. I think in part this is just a re-education process to make sure our tenants know that we are looking and that they can't do some of these things that they're doing. But also just for for my own peace of mind to know that things are safe and things are okay in the houses. So there we go. Those are the five reasons that I've decided that we're going to start inspecting monthly. Will this be a permanent change to our process? I don't know, but I think there's a very good chance that it will be. And I actually think that if we do inspect on a monthly basis, well, it's going to be a little bit more work in the short term, I think that it'll allow us to get on top of things much better, to keep on top of issues. And I think that that means that subsequent inspections will be much quicker, much easier. And I do think that there's a possibility here that that'll actually reduce our costs over the long term. It'll make it easier for me to plan things like periodic refurbs and updates. I think it'll make us more agile. I think we'll be able to perform better when it comes to things like viewings and converting viewings into tenancies. So. I'll check back in with you in six months on this and let you know how it's all going. But that's why I've decided to do this. And if you're sitting there and thinking, you know, I haven't inspected my houses for quite some time. I'm going to urge you to do it. Go and check them and make sure everything is as it should be. Make sure that your expectations are being met or at least managed. That's it for today's episode of the HMO podcast. I Hope you've enjoyed it. I've always promised to bring you the good, the bad and the ugly. And you know, some very real stories from the last couple of weeks of managing my own portfolio. So I hope you enjoyed that. Don't forget that I'm on hand over in the HMO community. If you haven't already joined by now, but surely you have because I've been saying this for about a year, come check it out. I'm there to offer more guidance and support. Our community members can help answer your questions and any problems that you've got. It's a great place to hang out, build your network and continue building your HMO property business. And of course, if you want to level things up, then you need to check out the HMO Roadmap. It's your one-stop shop. It's got everything you could possibly need. Masterclasses, case studies, workshops, videos, downloadable resources, the deal stacker, and much, much more. If you want to take things to a new level this year, then go and check out the Roadmap.co.uk. If you've enjoyed today's episode, can I ask a huge favour of you? Please leave a quick review of the podcast. It helps so much. And then share it. Tell everybody that you're listening, that you're tuning in, that you're enjoying it and finding it useful. It really does help spread the word, reach a wider audience, and that will allow us to continue bringing great guests onto the show for you. Thank you once again. I'll be right back here next time. So join me then for the next instalment of the HMO podcast. (laughs)